welcome to a very special fun drive edition of RVA Dirt's Municipal Mania, heard every Wednesday right here on listener-supported WRIRLP 97.3 FM Richmond Independent Radio. We are not joking about the independent radio. We're in the midst of our fun drive. As you're hearing this, it's the very last day. So please, if you haven't given and you really like shows like Municipal Mania or the fine music programs we put on or shows like Race Capital, Critiques for the Culture, Open Source RVA. I mean, there's so many shows that we produce here that you're never going to find anywhere else. They're all hyper-local, Richmond-based, made by your neighbors. So please, if you haven't given, please consider doing so. 622-9747 or WRIR.org. Please smash the big red donate button. And here we go. Time for the show. Welcome to this week's edition of RVA Dirt's Mania. Mania, 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 mania. Let's try that again. You didn't what? sound very, you sound like you're asleep. <laughs> Let's try it again. What do you want me to get like Rowdy Roddy Piper or something? Yes. I have come here to chew bubble gum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubble gum. Like Hawk Holden. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it's supposed to be. I don't participate Especially in for shenanigans. This. <laughs> you get a belt. Yeah, especially for this week's guest. We've got a very special That's guest true. in the studio this we're week. Ve- we're very excited about this week's guest. We are. We're going to let you introduce yourself now that you already kind of spoiled the sneak peek there. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't know we were on. <laughs> no, you're, good. you're fine. You're fine. Go ahead and introduce that? yourself for us. The voice um, sounds familiar. I'm LeVar Stoney, the mayor of the great city of Richmond. Welcome, third timer. I know. I think it's the third time on the show. It is. You've been on this show more than anybody else. Really? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Wow. Either you like us or you're just a glutton for special. I guess. You, I don't. I don't. Either you like us or you're just a glutton for punishment. One of the two. (laughs) Which one is it? I like y'all. Okay. Is it? That's okay. Can I like? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. I don't know. Feels like I've known y'all for a minute now. I mean, come on. I know. (laughs) There might be some folks that'll be like. I uh, know. It's been oh, confirmed. Oh, internet, it's calm been down. It's been confirmed. They're cronies. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome. We're happy to have you back in this thick of the budget season. Yes. yes. Who's stoked to talk money? Mm-mm-mm. This is a big budget. Yes, it is. It's big and bold. Mm-hmm. It's like 800 pages. It's bold and big. Yeah. Yes. So with everything that's in it, is there anything you feel like you might have even left out? I feel like it's almost a kitchen sink situation. Something like, that's a good question. I don't ever get asked that question a lot. I mean, what did you think? If you had enough more money, yeah, what mm-hmm. would you want to? What else would you want to capture? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for me, it would be probably uh, the cola for retirees, cost of living adjustment for our retirees. Mm. Just like our employees, they have not received a, a cost of living increase in years. Mm-hmm. I mean, many of our employees in the city of Richmond, uh, this uh, increase that we will be providing in this budget, it's the first time they receive a 3% increase in 15 years. That's ridiculous. 15 years. And these are the people who pick up the trash, plow the streets, fill the potholes. Normally they are, uh, m- the majority, vast majority are people of color. Mm-hmm. Who are these? Are sometimes the lowest wages inside City Hall, and they've not received a three percent pay increase in fifteen years. Mm-hmm. I think I remember when I went to the Public Works uh, luncheon that they do every year, and one of the employees grabbed me and said, "Mr. Mayor, I want you to know you gave us a one percent increase. 
for beginning half the year. So that's basically 0.5%. Mm-hmm. And we know the story about you and your father. So imagine giving your father a half a cent, a half a percent increase. And that, uh, that's all that I needed to hear. Mm-hmm. The cola increase, if I had more dollars, something would want to dedicate to that. But you know what, if a surplus occurs, um, that's something I would want to tackle as well. Cola for our retirees. Yeah, I was just always curious. I was sitting there, I'd gone through like a number of things and that was one thing that stuck out to me. A, a couple other things I was probably thinking of too and like just seeing, you know, there are a lot of different items that get um, hit with this budget. And um, Jesse, can I say, this is not a Band-Aid budget, you know? Mm-hmm. We have right. been, uh, n- usually we focus on providing a Band-Aid for everything. You put a little here, a little here. It reminds me back, back in the day when I was growing up that my dad would never fill the tank up, mm-hmm. right? He would only put like 5 or $10 to go to A and B and, B and we would live Life like that. Go put throw, put throw $10 into the tank. Well, this time we're trying to fill the tank up because in the past we've built these budgets based on disinvestment, on deferred maintenance, and on dishonesty. And today we start being honest about how do we meet these challenges that the city faces. So I think that's actually a great segue to talk. You know, I know there's so many great things, and we're going to get to a number of them in a little bit, but something that's, of course, on everybody's mind are the increases that do come with it. So can you kind of just outline, like, what are the increases uh, that residents might encounter if this uh, budget gets passed? I think the talk uh, around town is about my proposal to roll back the recession-era tax cuts uh, to or they were pre-recession, uh, which is $1.29 per $100 of uh, assessed value on real estate. Um, that will provide about $21.1 million uh, in new revenue. Um, and then 50 cent uh, increase, uh, 50 cent levy on cigarette taxes, on cigarettes, because it's the first levy of its kind in the city's history. Uh, that will uh, rear about $3 million. Uh, and then because of regula- regulatory costs uh, and ensuring that we can keep the maintenance of our water system uh, uh, up, we also are providing some increases as well on water and gas and stormwater as well. Uh, what we want to do is we want to prevent any time that, you know, I, let, let Flint be the example yeah. of deferred maintenance. Uh-huh. And and we want to prevent that happening in the city. So when it comes to keeping our neighborhoods safe because we don't want any gas explosions like happened up north, in people's homes, 14 homes, I think, in the Pittsburgh area. We don't want to flint either, so we want to keep the water clean, going to keep our, our infrastructure uh, up to par. That's why you see the increases uh, on the utility side. What would the average impact be to a Richmond resident if they all came in at once and were implemented this year? Gosh, the average for all three combined? Is or even the, just like outline them. Like what, are, like what are the numbers that people might be looking at? I know if you own 100... If your your home is valued at $100,000, I believe that's $90 for the entire year. So you divide that, that by 12, okay? And then 50, cent, uh, 50 cents on a pack, and then things about roughly $5 on average for the average resident on, on the utilities. And so, you know, obviously, whenever we talk about increases or really actually anything with the budget, <laughs> everybody wants to talk about efficiencies, too. And I know that there's a number of different efficiencies that you um, I did identify with this budget, especially around like management of different city um, entities. But then, you know, talking about those specifically, how are you also identifying efficiencies within the city and shoring up like how we spend our money? Yeah. You know, uh, before I ever talked about new revenues, I talked about how we find efficiencies in the budget that we currently have. So the first two budgets were efficiency based budgets. Uh, first, um, we started with the CAFR. The inability to turn that CAFR in on time cost the city millions of dollars. And I don't think people realize that. Before we took office, we were, the CAFR was 
consistently late. Now it's consistently early, saving the city millions of dollars. Uh, we also kind of, uh, you can say the word rejiggered our contracts with, with, uh, with some of our vendors, particularly with, you know, we had a, uh, a contractor who was going to uh, clear the snow for us for $800 an hour. I beg your pardon. And so we brought that operation inside and we actually cleared more roads uh, just with internal use of public works and public utilities and the trucks that we currently have than actually contracting that out to someone else. And then we bring the Main Street Station, the operation of that internally, and also uh, the 17th Street Market as well, uh, which is currently uh, run by Enrichment. Okay. And also, I always forget, and people forget this as well, I do not have a security detail, another efficiency that we found and the commitment I kept when I was a candidate for office. You're not rolling around in a bulletproof no. Escalade? No. My predecessors had up to <laughs> like 12 six deep. members on the security detail. Jeez. I have an assistant who drives me around during the day, and I Uber in the evening. Yes, and he takes Tybo for protection. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, but <laughs> I run real fast. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Lord. So, so what happens if we do nothing? What happens if all of these increases get shot down mm. by council? What happens? Oh, the status quo, right? That's just kind of what, you know, the one thing that we can be, be, be known for and we're good for is maintaining the status quo in this city. Mm. That's the oh, one yeah. thing that you can count on in Richmond City government is the status quo. Do things the way we've been doing because that's the only way we've always, that's the way we've always did it, right? And so you can continue to count on, unfortunately, an underperforming school system where uh, half the schools are not accredited, where 74% of our Latino kids drop out, where we have the lowest graduation rate in the, in the Commonwealth of Virginia. You can also count on deferred maintenance in a number of our, our schools, whether it's their HVAC, HVAC units or their roofs or their bathrooms, you name it. You can also count on having subpar roads in the city as well, at which if there's a complaint that I receive every day via Twitter or Facebook or RVA 311, or even people found me on Instagram too, is, Mr. Mayor, get this pothole. Well, we filled 50,000 potholes in the city for the, over the last two years, fixed 3,200 sidewalks, 2,900 alleys, but that just shows you the sort of deficit we are in when we talk about our roads. And so if we want to maintain the status quo on roads, which is poor, then don't support the budget. Uh, and I think this sort of gets us out the hole because $16.2 million will be dedicated to paving and street repairs. We've been, we've been averaging about an investment of $4 million a year in paving. So this quadruples that. Can you imagine trying to keep up four, $4 million a year in, in paving when you have 65% or more of your roads are poor to fair, very poor to fair? My car co-signs that. Ask the folks who live on the East End. They got the worst roads in the city, in the 7th District, in the East End, Churchill, Union Hill, Fulton. Yeah, that's rough. And I, I hate the fact and Bobby Vincent said this last night when I was my town hall in the north side at the YMCA. He said it like, you know what, it does not, no matter what color your skin may be or how much money you may have in your pocket, you encounter awful, deteriorating roads on a daily basis. You just do. You just do. But unfortunately, the highest concentration can be found in some of our poorest areas of the city as well. But the, the, but the, the, the family who lives in Windsor Farm, they got poor roads too. It may not be as poor as the ones in the East End, but they got poor roads. That's a given. We can do better. Talking about some education stuff. How about this education compact? Any uh, local funding solutions for schools that the education compact has explored? I think it was last year. I don't know, Jesse, did you cover this one? Probably. You were probably typing away feverishly 
the back, I recall. Sure. <laughs> when we talked about uh, a shared growth model, and that's something that uh, we will talk about that will go along with this budget if we can get these revenues passed by the city council. And that is, if the city's revenues are growing, so should uh, the school board's revenues, RPS revenues. And I think this is the sort of the injection that uh, school board member uh, Scott Barlow was talking about at some of these uh, meetings in the past, saying that before we talk about sharing revenue, we need an injection. So, okay, in this budget, I provide the injection with $37 million. But beyond the injection, we got to ensure that this continues to be the baseline moving forward. And we got to continue adding to, uh, to adding more revenue to Richmond City Schools through a shared growth model. And so that's what I will support moving forward. And I hope that members of the city council and the school board agree. And we'll talk about that likely at the later, uh, this, the, this compact meeting later this month. And can I just talk about the compact real quick? Yeah, please. Because there are some who, and I appreciate the, uh, the recognition uh, of, of me convening uh, the 18 other elected officials in the city who have a somewhat of a say on schools. Uh, but it, it was never going to be the panacea. Because when you get 19 individuals with different ideas, you're going to find a little disagreement. And disagreement sometimes can be messy. And we've seen messiness in the city of Richmond when it comes to government. But it's okay to disagree. But at the end of the day, we have to come together and focus on investing in our kids. Now, with the first time, there's on there's the first time in 25 years, a generation, there is a plan to fully fund Richmond Public Schools request. That could really take our schools, it can begin taking our schools to the next level. Or we can just sit back and just let the status quo continue. And I just I can't sit by idly and allow that. Did you consider any other funding options, though? Under other, other funding options? Hey, I wish I had other funding options available to me. I mean, uh, but right now, the only real funding options I really have are the real estate tax. Uh, the, we've, we've already talked about meals taxes last year. Uh, you look at emissions, really minuscule when we talk about this. Richmond, unlike some of the cities that some of our residents came from, we only have but so many options available to us. You've got a lot to run. Call the subject civics. Right? If you are living in Cleveland or Cincinnati, you come from the Midwest, you might have uh, income taxes available to you. Mm -hmm. If you're coming from, from, the, from uh, like the, the Mountain West or the, the Northwest, you may have marijuana available to you. Now, these are sources that I would hope the Commonwealth takes a look at in the future, but right now, we don't have those options on the table. I think people need that explained to them, though, because they're they're so upset about, you know, having to carry the load here. Right. And I think but they don't understand that there's not a whole lot of options. Yes, that's right. And, and, and also to add to that as well, I think some people always want me to say, well, why don't you tax VCU? Mm. Well, I don't have the authority to tax VCU because I'm just the mayor of Richmond and they are tax exempt. Right. And also we are the headquarters for all things state government mm -hmm. in this in this state. And, and when you put VCU and the other three institutions of higher ed alongside the Commonwealth of Virginia, roughly 30% of our land is tax exempt. That means we miss out on $50 million in tax dollars each year, each year. So Can you imagine what we could do with $50 million? So what body um, is responsible for negotiating the pilot of VCUs, but then also the state pilot? So if people did want to lobby for a reconsideration of the pilot, mm -hmm. who is that entity? Well, that, well, it's about the budget, right? It's about how the governor crafts his budget. Uh, and I think uh, there's members of the General Assembly who could craft amendments or, uh, or, or bills that would actually put a fair market value into what the pilot is today. Today, we receive maybe a few million dollars uh, to cover the, the fees uh, for uh, whether it's 
Richmond Fire Department or you name it. Um, we need more than a few million dollars. Like we said, $50 million is missing from our coffers each year mm -hmm. because of taxes and land. So I've already begun talking to some members of the General Assembly about how we can recoup some of those dollars from the Commonwealth of Virginia. And with the potential for a new party to be in charge in the House and the Senate, we may see a change. And if not, I have no problem holding people in my own party accountable for the, the ills of the city of Richmond as well. Okay. I can't tell what Fran meant by that okay. Can you? It was a mystery okay. Is she buying it or not? Only time and internet pundits will tell. The budget includes a hefty chunk for increase in school funding. And currently, of course, we have headlines talking about um, how the schools have made mistakes or messed up their finances or, you know, they could have used their money in a better way. What does accountability in that area look like? You know, when I look at, when I think about not just, this, just, not just the schools, but also the city, we have, there has been a history of mismanagement, right, and a lack of transparency. Uh, and I think people are fearful that they are going to make an investment and not see a return on that investment. But I will say I am, I think that Jason Cameras is taking some bold steps, I think, with his current budget, um, the budget that the school board approved, uh, which I know for a number of years he's been asking for cuts out of central office. And I think what he's stating is that a fifth of central office is eliminated in this budget. That's taking some bold steps. But what, but the use of the dollars, I think, you know, the previous administration formulated these estimates around school construction uh, that were formulated in 2015. And there was a plan passed by the school board in 2017. And as you all know, just like anything else in life, things get more expensive as the years go on. And they were just estimates, too. Right. Um, that's why when Mr. Cameron and I got together, we talked about, well, maybe we should get a real the real cost of these these schools before we actually go out there and start spending money, before the joint construction team starts working on this. And that's why we proposed an idea to find a, to get a third party to come in and do analysis of the schools that were that critical first stage that were necessary, George Mason, uh, Green, and the middle school on Southside. Mm -hmm. uh, and that idea was essentially rejected by uh, the school board because the cost was uh, to do this analysis was $200,000, and we were going to split the cost with them willingly because we want to ensure that the tax dollars go as far as possible. Well, the cost came back when you had lead silver, the cost of steel. Now it's, what, $140 million out of $150 million that they have available to build three schools. And those are the real costs because fixed costs grow over time. Right. Those, these are not cost overruns. These are just the real costs. And uh, I wish we had better numbers to work with from the beginning uh, that were part of this 2017 plan. But I've heard from Mr. Cameras in many of these town halls that he's committed now to doing a full analysis of that $800 million plan on what the real cost will likely be in 2019 moving forward. Because I've provided a plan of $800 million to build new schools in the city of Richmond over the course of the next 20 years. Okay. The budget includes a performance-based budget pilot. Explain to our listeners what that means. That's right. So we have goals and metrics uh, based in the budget now. Um, so uh, my budget and strategic planning team, led by Jay Brown, sits down with directors from all across our departments, 
and we go through line by line of their budget and also the goals that we were set in the budget for each of these departments. And if we, we look at their spending tendencies as well, we look at whether or not they're meeting their goals or they're three-fourths away to their goals, and that's how we formulate our budget now with the zero-based performance-based uh, budget. We weren't doing that before, uh, before I took over as mayor. And I think it's a, a fair way, really, to actually use the money uh, to allocate the money instead of it just being a gut feeling, right? Because a lot of times you're like, well, uh, director so-and-so needs a little bit more. Let's throw a little cash there. Um, that's not the way to budget. You got to budget with actual metrics and actual goals. And these metrics and goals are based on the performance review mm -hmm. that we did in the first 100 days uh, of this administration okay. that we use as the model, the template of grading our performance within some of these departments. Okay, so the, those were the key, that's how you got the key performance indicators. Yeah, Thad Williamson helped us, you know, he was kind of the, the czar on the performance review, so he helped that's the budget hard. teams come together. You guys know in government, we love the word czar. It's true. Czar. There's a czar for everything. And whenever it says Caesar, they just say czar. Czar. <laughs> so who's, who's managing the results and the correlation to their progress? Um, well, it's within Jay Brown's department. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, he, I forget the name, um, our performance office. I don't know the individual's name. I, 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 I don't know all my employees' names. But there's a There's 3,800, yes. Okay. 3,800. There's 3,800 employees. I don't know each one's name. That's okay. I am so Shannon. disappointed. Shannon. Shannon, I can't think of her last name. Close enough. Shannon Paul, yes. Good. You did it! Congratulations! <laughs> <laughs> So, so this year, the, the performance review as well, can I just add? Yeah. You know, because we identified some of the pillar agencies that were critical for us to be a strong organization. Uh, agencies like human resources, uh, like procurement, uh, like finance, like IT. I went back and visited with all of those agencies this year, going through their goals as well, and also asking what their needs were. Well, we heard in the performance review that still haunts us to this day is the fact that many of our employees said, you know what, I love coming for the city of Richmond, but you know what, for the dollars that I'm paid, which is we have the lowest paid workforce in the region, right? We don't have enough people to do the work. So when you want to be an efficient operation, you need people to do the work. Efficiency doesn't always mean cut, cut, cut. Right. It means actually finding the actual talent to come in and do the job. And we have systematically done that but we have a ways to go because 3,800, uh, we have 3,800 to 4,200 employees right now. And that's why you see funding for the filling some of those vacancies in this budget. I was born to flex, diamonds on my neck. I like boarding jets, I like more than sex. But nothing in this world that I like more than culture. All I really want to see is the money. I don't really need a D, I need the money. All I bad need is a KKC. This is Mayor LaVar Stoney, and you are listening to RVA Dirt's Municipal Mania on WRIRLP 97.3 FM, Richmond. So speaking of the IT department, key performance indicators, uh, so they have one KPI that's the percentage of city workstations are capable of running Windows 7. Oof. Windows 7, so it, I, I had a whole conversation, look this up. It was released a decade ago. <laughs> 
There's been a few additions since then, and they're discontinuing support in January of 2020. Yeah. Which obviously presents like a problem. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We've been doing patches, I think, for, for years and years now. I mean, it seems like he's severely behind, like on the IT side of things. So, what's the city's plan to update IT? Is there anything in the budget to address IT? Like I said, that's one of these. These are one of the things that I would love to add, right? What I, what I got in the budget now is to update our uh, revenue administration system, the Munis system, because that's behind. That's like 1980s technology. Gosh. So you got to prioritize, right? The we don't have enough Lisa, money to. Is that to, what's running it? <laughs> we don't have enough money to, to dig ourselves out of all of the uh, these uh, these deficient hole, holes. Windows seven. But Windows, <laughs> yes. Windows seven. Whew, that's rough. It's the truth. I mean, yeah. that's what that's what we're dealing with right now. I mean, some folks have Blackberries when I came into. <gasps> oh snap. I mean, I mean, there's or, some nice no, no, no. new ones. No, no, really? but Were they still the scroll there, bar? There, there, like the there was an employee who was working one of our trucks. Put uh, down, boomers. And I saw his phone, and I said, "What is that?" He <laughs> said, "Oh, it's a flip phone. It's the phone that they give me." I said, "Wait, a, you have a flip a phone? Flip they still phone? sell them? Like, yeah." They had flip phones, and then I came back a few months later, and he was like, "They got me a new phone, Mr. Mayor. Mm. You know, an actual like an old school iPhone, basically. You right? I mean." I, but I these are the too. things that our employees go without that I th- also causes um, causes the delays yeah. that some of I me mean, remember this as well. I think I may have said it on this show that we were building budgets, a one point four billion dollar budget. When you add both the CIP and the uh, uh, general fund together, mm-hmm. we we're building budgets on Excel. Yikes. OK. And then no one could be <laughs> not more than one person can be in it at one time. And right. I, and folks were staying hours and hours clocking overtime because each agency had to sent in a budget on on many many sheets oh of excel gosh. and yeah. we changed that by acquiring a tool that helped help us with uh the, the the crafting of the budget wow yeah that's, that's wild. I wish I could see our faces. That's we're in like, utter shock. Yeah. Well, as somebody who does admin just, for a living, can I'm you just imagine when going, that, if you did the V lookup wrong, like the broken leg? Right? Like I just, I, I have all of these like thoughts and of it how crashing. It like wrong. I heard horror stories of You're it crashing. Me nightmares already. They were making amendments and it crashed, and it's like, oh, they like you know put their their hands their their head in their hands. I mean, oh, it's no. like every time you type something, save. Yes. <laughs> save. Yes. Save. <laughs> Oh, no. So we changed that. So. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Live in the now. So what is a 20-year capital improvement plan and why 20 years? Yes. Oh, so normally we have like a five-year plan. Yeah. Right? Richmond so, loves plans. We love plans. Sometimes we just don't want to use the plans. Plans are just normally the way. We just make them. Just make them. We'll do them. But I think we should give an idea of what 20 years can look like in the city of Richmond. Right? And we already have the 20-year projections on uh, on, on borrowing, um, on, on on the um, we 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 know what uh, our debt capacity will look like for the, for the next twenty years. So why not using those projections start planning out what buildings, whether uh, what public buildings, what schools uh, you can see in the city over the next course of the next twenty years? Because normally what neighborhoods want to know is like when are you coming to me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When are you getting to me? When are you get into my road? When are you get into my school? When are you get into my community center? And we show that now in our 20-year CIP plan. Mm -hmm. So uh, obviously we can accelerate plans like this with economic expansion. Because when revenue arrives into the city budget faster, we're able to get to some of those projects faster.
So with the um, since it obviously like takes out and like kind of outlines what the debt capacity looks like as it relates to capital improvement programs, mm-hmm. and I know that there's also the plan that that was passed to put out that a certain percentage would go towards schools' debt capacity. Fifty percent the there. So is there um, a place in projections? I know one concern that people have, and I'm bringing in kind of like a a left field topic right now, but okay. I'm trying to follow <laughs> people's concern right now. I think when they look at the budget and they see that their property taxes are going to increase, they see that this revenue is going to increase, they're going to be paying more day to day. And at the same time, we know in the next like four or five months, we're going to get a project presented of um, the Coliseum. And in the history of the city, people have seen before where money ends up after the fact going from good places that we all agreed on, like schools. Mm-hmm to places that might be funding of like pet projects. So I think a lot of people's concern is saying, well, when we don't see the other one, we also see this and we look at the track record of the um, the city, there's concerns and fear. Going through this conversation about going back to a capital improvement plan that's 20 years out. So is there a place where people can go and kind of see, you know, this is where every dollar of our debt capacity wants to be spent. Obviously, it's not something that is a document that's approved and required and built on. But I'm just thinking, like, do these things play in together where people can start seeing now this is where the money is trying to be allocated. And this is how we can have some level of accountability that it's not going to be later planned intentionally to be diverted. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think I said this is part of the request for proposal with you're talking about the Navy Hill uh, downtown redevelopment. My request for in my in my request for proposal, I said that no entity, private sector entity, could use the moral or general obligation of the city, uh, those bonds. And normally, in projects like this, the city would offer up their general moral obligation to like build a facility, mm-hmm. right? And we are not going to do that with this project. That is off the table. But I have to see everything that we've agreed to in black and white. Mm -hmm. And until I see everything in black and white, you will not see a submission from me to the city council. Because to exactly what you said, Jesse, is that there's a game of uh, like, like hide the ball or whatever, like, you know, like, no, (laughs) it's here one day and it's gone the next day because, oh, there were some costs, uh, this happened and we had to like uh, move money from this project to that project uh, in the capital budget. Well, that's why I said that capital, uh, the, the moral and general obligation bond off the table, off the table. They will have to, to, to bear, uh, they have to be on the hook, not the city res- residents or the taxpayers. If When I get that in black and white, that's when the city council will get a submission from me. Okay. So when will that be? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we're still negotiating some, some fine details. Here's the thing. We, in the past, I think that the city has rushed into major economic development projects because you know uh, we thought well this is this is great well, let's do it let's do it right away well when you're talking about a one a, a billion dollar plus project you, you gotta dot i's and cross t's and it doesn't take five months uh these sort of uh, projects uh, do take a year and so um i'm not going to rush it we're going to be diligent through these negotiations and ensure the items that we agreed to in principle the items i spoke about in november are in the paperwork, because it's the paperwork, the legal documents that matter the most. A lot of times in the past, we, the city has gone out front and said, yo, we got this great deal with X entity and Y entity. And then you go back to the paperwork, it's like, oh, where was that? It didn't make it in. We're, we're gonna make sure that whether it's the affordable housing, whether it's the, the transit center, 
the hotel, you name it, makes it. The jobs, they make it in the documents. And if there has to be a recourse involved there as well. If you say you're going to do X and X doesn't occur, well, then there has to be a consequence for that. And that has really never been built in any document or any agreement that we've ever had when it comes to economic development. It, it should de- the, the recourse on that should be they should have to finance the uh, Washington racial slurs uh, <laughs> situation that we have in Richmond. That should be the recourse. Yeah, well, that, that may one. be done in 2020, so. Oh, God. Oh, oh. 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 2020 us, is like next year. Oh, I'm sorry, don't, my heart fluttered yeah, for a second. <laughs> don't give us early Christmas presents. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, early Christmas presents. Don't do that to us. <laughs> oh, let's talk about police and the budget. All right. Going through every line, it looks like. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> we would pick this apart, man. Who does the research over here? Is it Jesse? Who You guys all pick like a piece and just go? So it's not, it depends on what it is. Okay. Most of the time, Jesse goes through the budget because um, I know we don't have, we did it kind of together last year, but Jesse, Jesse went through it this year. Because you made Jesse it too stays long. up till 4 a.m. Bless you, my sister. Last year, it was only <laughs> 600 pages. Oh. This year, you threw... I mean, it's 200 more pages in there? Uh, uh, a, it is, a, though. A it's a performance-based budget, and it's like appendices Gosh. section that's crazy long. And we have gotten awards, I believe, for the the the, the layout of our budget uh, in yeah. the past. And I think we're oh, definitely up for that. a look at that. It's a lot easier to read. It's a lot easier Same to read. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Public like, safety. I like page numbers, but you know, I know it's just me. It's like, like, yeah, if I'm gonna like say, sound like you were like, a good student. You were a good student. I mean, you should you should see our group chat though. It is constant information, and I hilarious. It is constant information. <laughs> <laughs> who's like the late replier normally? Who, who's like, hello? It's it's me. I'm like, okay, so I got up and it's eight a.m. and let me catch up on these. Got to hit the exclamation points on them, like well, Poor Melissa for a long time. She'd wake up at. Eight nine o'clock in the morning, she'd have two hundred oh. <laughs> notifications from Jesse and I all That's night. That's just long. daunting. You just don't want to do that normally. Like, oh, I just I got like fifty for my birthday. That I still haven't looked at. I'm just like, I just can't. Mm-mm. No, it's, well, it's, she wakes up to it every day. Every day. I think the worst, but it was also like when I had a carpal tunnel surgery, so I was just like at home, just yep. chilling. Like had <laughs> nothing like, else hey, going on. Just I'm just like, going to be this information dump, you know, every day, <laughs> all day. Oh, oh. Anyway. All right. All right. Sorry. No, you're fine. But yeah. we're going to get back on track real quick. <laughs> so I do see there's a $30,000 increase in CIT training for our police yes. force. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But is there a, a plan for the training to be reviewed? Um, you know, I got a new chief coming in and uh, we hope to have a new chief by July. And those are conversations that I do plan on having with the new chief. Uh-huh. Uh, obviously as well. Sorry, I mean, we like the eyebrow and I'm like, yeah, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I look, I think about, you know, the selection of this chief, which I know is a major decision for any mayor and I take this very seriously, but, you know, we got to have, um, I want a chief that understands that there are some historical biases uh, in the criminal justice system, uh, particularly when we talk about the disparities, or how it dispro- dispropor- disproportionately impacts people of color, brown and black. Uh-huh. And so I want to, I want to, uh, I want a chief that understands that. Uh, that's the sort of chief I'm looking for. Uh, we I, all want that chief. Yeah, yeah. Know, someone who's also c- compassionate about protecting our community, right? Keeping our community safe, but also understand that there's some historical biases that uh, that the police departments around this country have have, have uh, played into. And so, yes, thirty thousand dollars in the budget for CIT training. 
All right. Okay. All right. Well, um, is the $700,000 for a new police plane really necessary, or is that little Cessna that buzzes over my house incessantly not enough? What, I, <laughs> what I've been told that the, uh, the plane uh, has outlived its useful life, so the region. So dump know, it in the James. The region Six. needs one more, but you know, remember these. Uh, this sort of aircraft allows us to, uh, in case there's ever an Amber Alert, a missing child, uh, uh, you know, th- that's the sort of in wooded territories, rural areas. When we are just a comp- uh, just a, a contribution to a larger contribution, a larger amount of this plane for the sharing of this plane, this aircraft throughout the region. But uh, it's it, it will be helpful to the department when it comes to those situations, particularly since Richmond seems to be uh, the center for all things neo-Confederates and other rallies as well. You never know when you're gonna need this sort of aircraft. Have mercy on all of us. I wish we were not, but we have been known to have a rally or two in the city of Richmond. Well, you know. So and I don't see that ending anytime soon. A protester. Capital of the Confederacy. Well, well, no other locality. I think we have more rallies and protests and demonstrations uh, than any other locality in Virginia. Well, that's because we have very large, very expensive monuments. That, that should be removed. Yeah. We'll save that for another day. Yeah. Go yeah. ahead. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to cry if that happens. <laughs> That's I've said that before. I'll <laughs> cry. Tears of joy. Joy. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, all right. If you if you must have this plane, but you know, I challenge you to come and uh, hang out over in Highland Park and listen to the sound those things make as it's going uh, over the uh, my Chaco friends. Valley. My friends in Churchill have told me the same thing. Uh-huh. I think all night long is crazy. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> Well, we'll move on to something that actually is really close to my heart, which is affordable housing. Yes. Um, you too? Oh, yeah. Mutual love. Mutual love. So what does this uh, eviction diversion program yes. entail? Yes, I'm very, very uh, excited about the eviction diversion program because, as you all know, that the story that got us on the front page of the New York Times was the fact that we had the second highest eviction rate in the country. That's just painful. In the country. And so we have to do something about that. And what we've done is we've created a a collaboration, a partnership with uh, our friends at the Central Virginia Legal Aid Society alongside Housing Opportunities Made Equal Virginia as well to create a first of its kind eviction diversion program in the Commonwealth of Virginia. What we will do is when a person who's facing eviction uh, goes to the courthouse, gets in front of a judge, the judge has the opportunity to divert uh, the individual to a pro bono attorney uh, that will sit down with and mediate between them and the, and the actual landlord. Mm-hmm. The landlord will be made whole with, with you know, paying of the rent because many of our, uh, our friends who are facing uh, eviction, they are sometimes evicted for less than $300, $200. Mm. And they can be, you know, I mean, and so the, the landlord does not have to find a, a, a tenant any longer. And the tenant can stay in their home. And that's what we want. We want people to be able to stay in their home because a lot of times they have children who also attend schools. And if you don't know where you're gonna sleep at night, it makes it very, very difficult to perform in the classroom as well. True. And if you track the evictions in this city alongside our accredited schools, the places where our evictions are the highest, zip codes and census tracts where the evictions are the highest, also feature schools that are unaccredited. 
So it's something that we definitely have to, uh, to have to work on, and we plan on um, diverting 500 of these cases uh, uh, beginning the summer of this year. Very proud of that work. I mean, really. Yes. And as a number of cities from around the country have actually, you know, been calling me, mayors saying, how can we uh, learn about your eviction diversion program? So some of the cities that were on that list are also trying to use us as a model. That's awesome. But we're running short on time. We want to get a couple of these things in. Transportation, the budget includes an increase for JRTC routes. What is the city administration, the government's role in managing the equability of the routes that are expanded? Yeah, so I think I sent a letter to GRTC and the board uh, recently that I want, you know, this is not to cover any budget or cost overruns. This is to actually go towards the expansion uh, of some routes and some uh, new routes that will provide more coverage. And so this will now uh, provide more coverage and new routes to places where they're needed the most, mm-hmm. places in the East End and also in South Richmond as well. I heard Michael Jones, uh, Councilman Jones, talk about this during the Transit Network Plan discussions about how he needed more routes uh, down into his district. And so this uh, helps with that. Uh, so roughly a million dollars added to the budget. So this is not just a million dollars where someone came to me and said, just a million dollars? No, an additional million dollars added to the budget for this. So as we uh, wrap up here, um, I was wondering, what are the top three things you are most proud of being able to get into this budget? The school's funding is number one, right? I'm very, very, I ran on being a, I ran on being an education, an education mayor. And I feel like I'm living up to my commitment with you know, with public education, we got more to do, but this is certainly a start. So I'm very, very proud of that. The year before, we did after-school programs. This year, we're putting more money for instruction and also for the maintenance costs. Okay, that's number one. Number two, I'm very proud of what we're doing um, on 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 infrastructure. Right, that it's just something that pesters many of our residents. What they care about the most is what they encounter when they walk out their front door. It's the potholes. It's broken streets. We are going to start stop band-aiding these these issues and actually start fixing these issues. And lastly, number three, I love what we're doing with on housing. Period. The two point nine million dollars now that are in the housing trust fund, and the half a million dollars roughly for the eviction diversion program as well. So in my time, when I first when I first became mayor, there was seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars in the affordable housing trust fund. Now we got it up to two point nine. That's a big deal, and we got to do more. We got to do more. All right. Well, we thank you so much for coming. We are always excited to talk to you and gab about the budget. I mean, there's way more questions, yeah. but, you know, time limits and all. And about, so. it's it's fundraising, fun drive time. And so, <laughs> you know, you gotta raise some we have a, a shortened yeah. show, too. So, <laughs> yep. so well, you know, I we're, always raising, like spending... we're raising funds here, too. Yep. Uh, you know, I always love spending time with you guys. And so continue to uh, I mean, I'll continue to watch and I'll continue to listen. We appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. As always, Richmonders, Flint still has dirty water. RPS is still not fully funded, but the mayor says he got a budget that says it's about to be, though. And Richmond is most certainly still racist, but we're working on it. Talk to you next week. All right. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of RBA Dirt's Municipal Mania. Heard every Wednesday right here on WRIRLP 97.3 FM, Richmond Independent Radio. Please feel free to hit us up across all social media at RBA Dirt if you want to discuss this very ambitious budget that our mayor, LeVar Stoney, has put forward or, you know, any other topic because we're open. But first, 
please remember, if you like shows like Municipal Mania, if you love our music programming, please consider donating. Uh, we're completely volunteer run and every, every penny gets stretched to within an inch of its life. And so every penny counts. 622-9747 is the number you can call to donate or WRIR.org. Hit the big red donate button in your pajamas, your underpants, you know, while you're on the toilet, whatever works for you. We'll take it. Any amount. We have repeater levels, which make it really easy for you. $10 a month, $20 a month, $40, $60, whatever you can give. Even if it's just pocket change, we really appreciate it. We really do. Um, your neighbors, your co-workers, um, your friends and family, we make these shows for you. Thank you again, and thanks for listening and supporting RVA Dirt's Municipal Mania.